0: What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode here on the Prospect Podcast. I hope everyone's having a good week and had a good weekend. Um, But for today's episode, we're going to be covering the Boston Red Sox farm system, as well as their top five prospects. So if you are new here, basically what we're doing for season two is covering every team in the MLB and their farm system, starting with the AL East. Along with a breakdown of each team, we will also be putting out a bonus episode, specifically covering that team's number one prospect. So far we've done the Baltimore Orioles and Adley Rutschman. So if you have interest in that, go back to last episode and check that out. But now we're on to the Boston Red Sox. So currently the Boston Red Sox, who frankly was one of my favorite teams from about 2003, probably till about 2013 when I graduated high school. Um, but they rank 25th in the MLB um, farm systems right now. But before we get started, I just want to take a little step back here to the good old days. The 2004 World Series team, Manny Ramirez, Tim Wakefield, Big Poppy, Johnny Damon, No More Garcia Par. I mean, like all of your favorite guys um, on one team. It's, it's crazy. It was such an awesome, talented team. I actually had a Manny Ramirez fathead for the longest time we redid my room like probably in like eighth grade I don't even know Uh, probably like sixth grade and straight Boston Red Sox border Boston Red Sox fathead logos and then a Manny Ramirez fathead just right in the middle of my room it was it was awesome and funny thing too my best friend also got drafted to the Red Sox uh, in was it twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen? So I mean, like it, it sink It stinks. I kind of got away from them, but you know, it, the good old days, man. MVP 05 Manny Ramirez on on the cover. I mean, just the good old days. But you know, right now it's a little bit different of a team, um, especially after two thousand eighteen World Series. And then trading away Moogie Betts. But the Red Sox are currently in a rebuilding stage. And in my opinion, it could take a while. In others' opinions, you know, they're starting to even out. But, you know, I don't know how I feel. So let's take a look at some of the top prospects first in the organization as of right now. So coming in at number five is a very interesting guy here. Uh, I, w- I had a lot of fun reading about this guy. Gilberto Jimenez. Jimenez signed out of the Dominican Republic in 2017 along with 71 other players and 49 of these players being signed for $10,000 or less. And Jimenez happened to be one of those guys who signed for $10,000. So going from $10,000 to their number five prospect is just crazy. And obviously there were 71 of them. You know what I mean? I didn't take a look to see what other guys in the top 30 We're top 20, we're along with Jimenez here, but to be number five and you sign for 10 grand is crazy out of the Dominican Republic. And that just goes to show with the international guys how, you know, it's so few and far between. Like you get these guys, you're signing them at like 17 years old, you're taking a big risk, but at the same time, it could pay off like this. But Jimenez has actually done pretty well so far, having a career line through two seasons of a 338 batting average, 388 on base percentage and a 444 slugging percentage. That's pretty impressive through his rookie season and uh, his time on the Lowell spinners. So his expectancy at the bigs is for 2022. I could see it I could see it being a little later. I could see it being a little later. Um, It's just tough to be confident on guys like this. Um, You know, he reminds me of a Billy Hamilton. Crazy speed, pretty average bat, and he really makes a difference on the base paths, which does matter today. But, you know, looking at a guy like Billy Hamilton, 246 career average, nothing to be you know that excited about. But he did, you know, when his time on the Reds, you know, for a while there, he did make a big impact and was, you know, your day-to-day player in center field huge uh fielding guy i mean tracking down balls he had the speed to do it so you know up until 2018 before he started to really bounce around the league a little bit so you know Jimenez reminds me of that guy a little bit he's very you know from what i've read he's he's he reminds me of like a slap hitter in uh in in softball but Funny little fun fact here, he was actually, um, he actually became a switch hitter when he was signed and started playing on the Red Sox. So like, you know, I mean, it's a little late, but hey, if you can make contact from both sides of the plate and you have speed like him, be my guest, you know what I mean? So my grade for Jimenez, I think MLB.com had him around a 50 overall on the scouting report. I'm going to go 45. He's had a good career average so far through two seasons, but I I really don't expect that to continue once he reaches double A, triple A, and the bigs. I expect him to decline a little bit, what I say, 338 through two seasons in his rookie league, and, and uh, I think it was low A. So, you know, looking at the bigger picture here, I don't see... Him being a day-to-day guy, but you know, especially here's my take too. Especially with a guy like um, Duran, I just don't really see it. So you know, obviously the future uh, will will tell us the result there. But 45 overall on my on my scouting report for Jimenez, um, MLB.com had him at 50. I'm going a little bit lower. You know, I just don't think I just don't think he has has the package here but others might disagree with me, but that's just from what I'm saying. Coming in at number four, right-handed pitcher Brian Mata. Mata signed out of Venezuela January 27, 2016. is a 6'3", 240-pound big frame pitcher, right-handed pitcher with an electric two-seamer topping out at 97 that has a sink action that absolutely tears the bat up, induces a ton of ground balls. And he actually was struggling with his curveball, trying to get it down. He was struggling a lot, um, and along the way, he kind of upped his slider, and really it became a power slider, reaching the mid '80s, and really started to take advantage of that slider and uh, dominated pretty much. But through four seasons and four different teams, Mata has held his ERA to a modest. Uh, 3.4 with 315 total innings pitched and a 22-20 to 20 overall record. To me, uh, like many others, Mata seems like a middle-of-the-rotation guy, um, so I'm agreeing with many others there. But, you know, let's be honest here. That's exactly what the Red Sox need right now. You know, pitching, pitching, pitching. So I think Mata will be up probably, I don't know about to start the year this year, but I think he will be up, um, in 2021. And, you know, from my saying, I think he will have some struggles to start as any rookie would, but as long as his fastball stays electric, I think they said his four seam reached triple digits. So that's a good sign. Um, but I think as long as his fastball stays electric, he will have a bright future in the bigs. Coming in at number three, Bobby Dalback. Obviously, we know Dalback has graduated from this list. It was his, uh, he got called up um, this past year. But as of right now on MLB.com, which I'm basing most of my um, lists off of, he is still their number three prospect. So let's give him a look anyways and uh, see what he's done before he was called up this year. So Dahlbeck in 2016 was drafted in the fourth round 118th overall out of Arizona. He was originally projected for a first rounder, but slumping at the plate in the NCAA tournament pushed him back a little bit. The guys were comparing him to Chris Bryant, you know what I mean? So he was had the power, had the hype around him, and then kind of, kind of just slumped. But fun fact for the Red Sox fans: if you didn't know, Dahlback was also a pitcher in college. And like I said, he was slumping at the plate. Well, on the mound in the NCAA tournament, he was doing great. So it's kind of funny there, you know, how one side works the other. You know, like if he wasn't doing great pitching, he would have done great hitting. But nonetheless, he was doing great at one thing. Um, But Dolbeck has had an average minor league career so far. Um, He really came alive in 2018 where he showed his true power uh, with 32 homers and 109 RBIs. He continued to mash in 2019, 27 homers through two teams, which led him to the call up in 2020. So for the Red Sox, Delbeck has had 80 at-bats. And through these at-bats, he batted with a 263 average, 359 on-base percentage, and a 600 slugging percentage. So great slugging percentage. This guy's a power hitter. We know that. Great, um, well, first-base power hitter, we should say, since... uh, Devers probably not going to give up his spot at third base anytime soon. So looks like he'll be playing first base, which is interesting coming up with the next prospect, you know, what's going to happen. But with eight homers and 16 RBIs for the Red Sox this year, Dalback's definitely going to be in the lineup for a while, you know, unless they're interested in trading him because with the next guy coming up, it's going to be, you know, their infield is, is going to be stacked with hitters. And now they have the DH, obviously. But, you know, it's it's going to be tough to see what they do. So he'll only go up from here, though, and he's exciting to watch. I mean, huge power, very exciting to watch, which always bodes well for a club. So I can see him being a 25-30 to 30 home run a year guy that can keep his average consistent 260s, 270s. This year, what I say was 263. So I can see that. I can definitely see that continuing. And overall, that's not bad. You know, that's just about what the Red Sox need. They need a guy who can produce and get those RBIs um, along with pitching, of course. But so coming in, like I was saying, this is interesting as well. Coming in at number two is Tristan Casas. So if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm getting really excited about this guy. 6'4", 238 pounds of pure raw power, drafted 26th overall in the 2018 draft. You know, 6'4", I mean, lefty, come on. This guy's, this guy's literally killing it, you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the, the frame he has, but he had a very nice season in 2019 for the Greenville, uh, drive posting 254, 349. And 472 line with 19 homers which was third in the south atlantic league and he was only 19 years old when this was when this happened so obviously the telltale here is the power he displays and by the looks of it it's pretty hard to miss you know if you if you think of k you got you got to think of of power but i think he has a very bright future in the red sox organization you know but can he can he do enough to make a difference on his team I guess we'll find out I would expect cases to be up in I'm going to say 2022 but I, I really am excited because I don't I'm not sure the specifics on JD Martinez you know what his contract is like but I know he's getting older Um. so that DH spot might be open opening up soon especially with a younger guy coming up like Casas with the power like Dollback with the power So we'll see. We'll definitely see what happens. Um, But I'm excited to watch this guy play. I think he's going to be really exciting, really electric. And there's a reason he's the number two prospect. So finally, the number one prospect for the Boston Red Sox, whom they acquired through the Mookie Betts trade to the Dodgers, Jeter Downs, named after Derek Jeter. Which is funny when you you name a guy after Derek Jeter, and then he actually... Ends up becoming a top prospect at shortstop, which he'll probably end up playing second base considering Bogarts at shortstop. And he has great range at second base. So I think that would make the most sense for him and the team. But he's, I mean, to say the less, he's had an interesting career so far. Bouncing around a bit, originally being drafted as a supplemental first round pick by the Reds in 2017. He was later traded to the Dodgers in 2018 as part of a package. Um, But he's had a decent career in the minors so far. His career numbers sit at 267, 359, and 458 with 43 homers and 162 RBIs. So Downs will definitely be at his best when working the counts. He has had major problems in the past with discipline and patience. One guy that reminds me of just from watching this year a little bit, was Joe Adele, the Angels' number one prospect um, before he was called up. I, I love Joe Adele, but, you know, watching him at the plate was, I mean, it was like gouging your eyes out at points. You really did not like to watch his at-bats. Missing fastballs down the middle, swinging under him. I mean, it, you know, he's he's young. He needs a lot of time to develop, and I hope that the Angels give him the time, and I hope that the Red Sox give downs the time to develop. And I did read that they are waiting for him to be more consistent at the plate until they decide to call him up. So, you know, with that being said, that's a great, great move there. You don't want to rush guys into the bigs and then have them perform very badly, get their confidence down. You want them to be ready and you want them to really show that they're ready so that's a good move from what I'm reading by the Red Sox there I don't want to get into this too much because like I was saying we're going to do a breakdown of Jeter Downs in the next episode full breakdown advanced stats um, sabermetrics so we're going to be doing all that in the next episode diving a little bit deeper just so you can get a little uh, better idea of what type of player he's going to be. But I will say this, looking at the Red Sox farm system, you know, I just don't, I'm not high on downs. I'm just really not high on them. I think at best he'll be, you know, looking like a, like he does have power. He does have, he does have great power. I'm looking like a Jonathan Scope or like a Starling Castro kind of guy. Um, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm not very high on him. Yeah, and they're not bad players at all. But they're not going to be superstars. They're going to be your average player who hits, you know, for a little more above average power for their position. But I, I think slowly he'll be moving down in the rankings come next year. But I'll leave it at that for now. We're going to leave it at that for now. And we'll hop into a more um, more um, immense breakdown next episode. But overall, like I was saying before, the Red Sox are in a rebuilding stage. This is not a secret. But what is also not a secret is that the, the lack of arms if we look at their top 20 prospects in the system, only six of them are pitchers, and only one cracks the top five, which was Mata. Mata, Mata, whatever. So Red Sox are stacked with bats, and pretty good ones at that. We shouldn't be worried on how well these bats will perform, but worried about where the future of the Red Sox pitching lies. Just I did a quick uh, glance around the league, I looked at like Diamondbacks, um, Braves, a couple other teams. They have eight to ten arms in their top twenty prospect list. So you're you have eight to ten arms, and I know the Red Sox called up um, Hawk, Hoke, Hawk. I would say, I know they called him up, and he's done great. So that's a guy right there that they need. It's a great job. <laughs> So, you know, but looking around the league, you know, I feel like there should be more. I really feel like there should be more in there. And I think they have fourth pick in the 2021 draft. So, I mean, maybe they'll pick up a great pitcher. Obviously, uh, Rocker will probably not be there, but there's going to be guys like, uh, was it Jack Leiter? Other guys that are going to be there that will be able to give them a little bit more depth. You know, and they don't have the worst worst pitching staff. I mean, Chris Sale, um, Rodriguez. But after that, you're really starting to to decline a little bit on average. Um, guys that, you know, you know, will get the job done. But if you're not correlated with bats and pitching, you know, it's just not going to work. But, you know, and like I was saying, too, I'm not going to be high on every team's farm system. Like last week at the Orioles, I am high on the Orioles. I like the Orioles' farm system. I think they have decent guys. Another quick note, too, I think only one guy, which would be, I think, Downs. Oh, there was Ksos and Downs. So number one and two, there's only two in the top ten for each position. So Quesos, I think, was number two or three at first base. And then Downs was like number seven or eight at shortstop. So just quick comparison to the Orioles, Orioles had each guy almost in the top 10 of each position. And you know, it doesn't always work out in your favor, but I like the Orioles better than I like uh, the Red Sox in the next five years. I'll put it that way. So that's just my opinion. I'll be honest, I am not excited for the Red Sox future. Although one guy I am excited about for sure is Jaron Duran. He had a great showing at the Red Sox alternate site this year. Really sparked a lot of conversation. And he is their eighth-ranked prospect in their system. I like him in top five. And we can boot out maybe um, Gilbert Gilbert Jimenez. Maybe boot him out, move them up. Um, KSAS at number one. Um, Let's see. KSAS number one, Downs number two. Let's see, I'm, I'm gonna give you a quick, quick what I think. KSAS number two, or number one, I don't wanna include Dalbeck. So we'll we'll, we'll insert Duran at five, Mata at three, Downs at two, KSAS at one. The only one I'm missing is number four. I don't wanna move Jimenez up like that to number four that quick. I might put Duran at four and keep Jimenez at five. That's what I'm thinking. I'm excited about Duran speedster good hitter They're You know, they're a little nervous about how he's going to develop as the years go on. But, and as he uh, moves up, you know, if he's going to be able to keep up with the pitching, but I think he will, this is one guy I'm excited about. So, but you know, within the next five years, like I was saying, I don't expect to see much of a direct impact that these prospects will have on this system in a tough AL East division. I wouldn't be surprised to see him at the bottom of the division for years to come. You know, I'm not saying the Red Sox don't have a decent base like guys like uh, Bogarts, Devers, Verdugo now. And now they got Dahlback, Hawk, Chris Sale, Rodriguez. But, you know, but for me, it just doesn't sit well. I don't know. I just have that gut feeling and I'm going to go with it. But, you know, all we can do is wait and see how it pans out over the next five years. I could be completely wrong and the Red Sox win the World Series next year. Very unlikely. But I'm just saying over the next five years, I think that it's going to be tough for Red Sox fans. But we will reevaluate as time goes on. It comes down to pitching and you can only score so many runs per game. And if your pitching isn't holding you, um, you know, to – Three runs a game, or giving you the opportunity to win on the offensive side, then you know you might not have a good shot at all to win anything. So that's my take on the Red Sox farm system as of right now. That's how I see it. They're ranked 25th for a reason, and that's how I see it. But anyway, thank you guys for tuning in today. I want to give you a quick reminder of what's to come in the future. Like I was saying earlier, we go over all 30 MLB teams and their farm systems, giving you an episode like today, breaking down their top five prospects and giving you predictions on what I think their future holds. Then following up this episode, which will be Thursday or Friday, um, we're going to be doing the number one prospect, which is Jeter Downs. I'm going to be looking deeper into him and finding what I think his chances are of being an all-star or being a dud. So that's what's going on here, and we'll do that for every team as the weeks go on. As always, if you aren't following us on Instagram, go ahead and check us out at The Prospect Podcast, and make sure you're staying up to date on the episodes. We also put out scouting reports on hot prospects. Um, You know, We add a lot to our story. It's a lot of fun. We're we're closing in on 2,000 followers, so I'm excited about that. I originally wanted to do a, um, a giveaway at 1,500 followers. Very busy time. Some family issues arose. Excuse me. Family issues arose. Kind of got lost for, for a couple weeks there. So I'm changing it to 2,000. Once we hit 2K, I'll be doing a giveaway that you guys won't want to miss. So make sure you're following us over there. And, guys, thank you again, and we'll see you next time on the Prospect Podcast.